Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us in person for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 515 Woodford Street or on Zoom or by the live broadcast on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message meaningful wherever you are. Join us in doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with God. Good morning. I have a wandering heart. How about you? And wandering is not always a bad thing. We are following this path. I don't know if you can see it on the image clearly, but there's a line. And we do have a map for our families to take home. And those of you who are older could take some if you want. But it means you have to build an obstacle course at your house one of the weeks. So just keep that in mind. But we will be wandering along this path with Simon Peter through the season of Lent and seeing the story of Jesus through his eyes as much as that is possible. And as I said before, Simon Peter is not an idealized character. He's not an archetype to intentionally emulate. But someone those of us who continually mess up can identify with. Simon was the one that Jesus said to get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Not exactly a star student, right? But he's also the one that Jesus said, you are the rock. The rock on which I will build my church. And the name Peter is actually the rock, which something I read read yesterday said Rocky would probably be the English translation of Peter. And as my friend Hannah says, it's much like blockhead, Peter. He's also the one who denies Jesus three times while Jesus is being executed. Stellar friend. And he's also portrayed as one of the few witnesses, according to the various accounts of the resurrection, to Jesus' empty tomb. So, before we get to our first story, just a little more background about Galilee. And the region that Jesus was from in Nazareth and that Simon was from on the Lake of Galilee, it was not a real um, place of elitism. The south, Judea and Jerusalem, was where the educated, where the really good Jews, where those who thought of themselves more highly lived. And the north was where the rebels were. Kind of like what you have heard about Samaria. Stay away from those people. They're not really good Jews. They're not real. Things like that were said about Galilee. So this whole group of people that Jesus recruited, 
not the most elite, not those who cycled that not yeah was it Judas betrayed Jesus yes even more than than Peter you're right so Jesus and Peter and all the disciples basically were from the rebellious uneducated less observant north and therefore less respected. But does that make them less important or less worthy of God's love? No. It just makes it a different story than the one you were maybe thinking of the powerful and mighty coming with their golden orbs and everything else. Okay. Gospel of Luke in chapter 5, I'm reading from verses 1 through 11, and I'm reading from a new translation by Sarah Rudin, which includes um, Aramaic. Um, the words are not anglicized, so I'm going to try to say them in the way that they were said, because this is a foreign story. That's why I really love it. It reminds us that this is not a story that took place down the road. It's a story that took place a long time ago and far, far away. Now it happened that with a crowd shoving up against him and listening to God's word while he was standing by the lake Gennesaret, he said he saw two boats by the lake. The fishermen had come out of them and were washing the nets. He boarded one of the boats, which belonged to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little away from the shore. Then he sat and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let, your, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered by saying, Boss, we worked hard the entire night but took in nothing. But I'll take your word for it and let down the nets. And once they did this, they closed them around a huge mass of fish, and their nets were starting to rip. So they gestured to their companions and the other in the other boat to come and help them, and they came. And they filled both boats until they began to sink. And then, when he saw this, Simon Petrus fell down at Yeshua's knees, saying, Get away from me, because I am a wrongdoer, Master. He and all the others with him were naturally overcome in awe because of the fish they'd caught and taken in. And so were Ichavos and Johannes, the sons of Zebedeus, who were partners with Simon. Then Yeshua said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be capturing human beings so that they don't die. And they brought the boats along. They brought the boats ashore, left everything behind, and followed him. So, 
So why would it be that everybody was a little... Okay, I'm going to step back a minute. Right before this story happens, in the previous chapter, Simon's mother-in-law is healed by Jesus when he goes to her house. So, in the way that Luke is telling the story, Simon already knows Jesus and has already seen Jesus perform a pretty amazing miracle for his own family, has restored his mother-in-law to health. And so this, in this context, Simon says, this guy who isn't a fisherman wants to give me advice about how to fish. Should I listen to him? Well, he healed my mother-in-law yesterday, so maybe so. And then this strange invitation comes. And I don't know if you noticed the language, but Jesus doesn't ask a question in the way that Luke tells the story. There's no, will you come and follow me if I but call your name? There's no question. Jesus says, now you will be doing this. And Simon gets up and does it. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't really like somebody telling me what I was going to do. Even though maybe sometimes I would benefit from somebody telling me what to do. And it's kind of a strange word. I don't know if you noticed the way that she translates it. You'll be capturing human beings so that they don't die. As opposed to the fish that you've been catching so they do die. But it's a very weird thing that maybe you've heard enough times that you don't think it's weird. But it's weird. Let's go catch people. Jesus says, come with me. Let's go catch people. What do you think they made of that? What do you think Peter made of that? What do you think his brother and the workers made of that? What do you think Zebedee, who was being abandoned by his sons for his business, and there's like Peter has a mother-in-law, so presumably has a wife. What do you think Peter's wife thinks of that? Come and follow me. Let's go catch people. Hopefully, you're open enough to this vague possibility of getting more. Maybe they understood they were being caught by Jesus in that moment. Somehow, It's vague enough and yet captivating enough, which is a translation of that word, to invite them from the known to the unknown. When have you left the known for the unknown? Maybe with a sense of trepidation, but also maybe some excitement and leapt into a future that you hadn't imagined 
Or maybe it was all trepidation and no excitement. That also happens. Being here in this space as Hope Gateway was not an expected outcome for us, was it? We had a known. We had a place that we were occupying and that we'd been for 10 years. And when that became a little less stable, we imagined the unknown. And we thought we might have to make the leap and... Here we are. Last, I heard a podcast last April that I have been thinking about ever since. And this won't surprise you to know that it was a We Can Do Hard Things podcast with Glennon Doyle and Amanda and Abby. It was a... Uh, conversation just among the three of them about addiction and recovery and particularly about Glennon's restarting her addiction journey and really honest conversation about making the leap from the known to the unknown and at near the beginning Glennon shared this quote that's not hers and I couldn't find who said this, but it's um, out there in the world. And it is, let me fall if I must. The woman I am becoming will catch me. Let me fall if I must. The woman I am becoming will catch me. This is what Glennon said about it. You are throwing yourself into this abyss, trusting that the person that comes out is going to be the one that can live life without booze or whatever you might be addicted to, knowing full well that you can't. That new self is going to have to be born. After this dark night of the soul that's to come, because if you do take that ridiculous leap of faith that there is a Ford version of yourself that is going to be able to live without this thing, that's going to be a happier, freer version of yourself. But first... You have to take this leap. There is no cart before the horse. It's this transition period where you've stopped doing the thing that you needed to live with, and you haven't replaced it with anything else yet. And yet, you haven't become the person you need to be to fall. And so it's very tempting to turn around and grab back to that edge and just sort of crawl your way back up there and decide to live there. And she says, I'm going to throw myself off that cliff and just assume 
that the person I'm going to become after is going to be at the bottom of that cliff and is going to catch me. And that there's a bunch of crap that's going to happen in the fall and that's going to change me into a different woman by the time I catch myself at the bottom. And so you trust that. I don't even know if it's trust. It's just this ridiculous hunch. I think that Simon had a ridiculous hunch that leaving the known and going into the unknown with Jesus was the leap he needed to That's really all we need are ridiculous hunches. So that's kind of what faith is. Just enough unsettledness with the current reality to imagine something else. To imagine something bigger. Something better. Something unknown. So what leap of faith do you feel called to? What reality do you need to let go of so that you can embrace the unknown? May we go with the courage that Jesus gave to Simon when he invited him to follow. May we imagine ourselves seeking new paths in the way of Jesus. And may we believe that our future selves are more capable than our current selves. And may fear never stop us from becoming who we are called to be. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.